Welcome to episode two of uh, the Leadership Wiley podcast. Um, in today's episode, I wa- I talked to my first Leadership Wiley class 20 participant, Kate Porter Buxton. Kate is, as of earlier this year, a full-time realtor with Keller Williams. Welcome to the show, Kate, and thanks for joining Leadership Wiley. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here and to participate. Yes. So uh, what uh, what about Wiley uh, made you want to be involved in this area? Well, a couple of different things. While I grew up in the big city of Dallas, I tend to be more drawn to smaller outlying communities, uh, places where you really do feel like a community. And um, add to that, my now husband uh, lived here and several years ago when we met, uh, decided that we would put our roots down here and we just love it. So when did, when did you move here? So I moved to Wiley about three years ago. Okay. Um, had been while we were dating, my um, husband and I were back and forth, but I spent a lot of time in Wiley uh, for about three years. And then the last three years, so making it a total of six ish, um, I've been up in this area quite a bit. So you were honorary Wiley and then you decided to become full time Wiley? Yes, indeed. <laughs> no, I know that <laughs> life. Uh, when my wife and I were dating, uh, one, the first year I was, we were still in college. So I was in, uh, I was in Arkansas. I was in, uh, at university of Arkansas in Fayetteville and she was at TCU. So for that first year, uh, had quite a commute, uh, five hours, six hours, uh, depending on how, uh, speedy you felt that day. Um, uh, and typically weekends. And then for the next two years, we did the Dallas to Fort Worth commute. Cause I graduated and moved down to Dallas, uh, for my full-time job. And then, um, and then finally, after those three years of dating somewhat dist, somewhat of a distance, uh, we finally lived in the same place and it was very nice to not make that commute anymore. Amen. It is, uh, for those of us who have done it, it, uh, I don't know, it strengthens you in a different way. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. I so how definitely... did you all end up in Wiley? Yeah. So, is this um, where you're from? No. So, uh, we moved here about two years ago as well. Um, uh, so, uh, in the pandemic, uh, we were thinking about moving, um, actually had a, uh, a contract in on a house in Lake Highlands. Uh, we're ready to mm-hmm. go. Um, that was March of 2020 though. So oh boy, something happened. <laughs> the world <laughs> yes. shut down. Um, and you know, I realized with my six month pregnant wife that maybe now is not the right time to uproot our life, um, and have people coming through our house. Um, and so, yeah, so we, uh, were luckily in the option period when the pandemic hit. Um, Mm -hmm. so we opted out, uh, waited a year, uh, part of the reason we were going to move to Lake Highlands in the first place was because it was close to a dart station and I was working downtown at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. well, fast forward a year later, I had decided I wanted to go into business for myself. Um, so we still needed, wanted to move, but let's move while I have a W2 income. Uh, so 
uh, it opened up the avenues of where we wanted to look. Um, and so we kind of looked around at the various school options uh, for our kids, um, um, kid and future kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, well, right now it's just two. We'll see. D- TBD <laughs> on any future ones may just be done. Noted. But uh, <laughs> but we wanted to make sure we had a good school and good community. Um, and uh, her parents live in Mount Pleasant out in East Texas. So we decided uh, we just kind of drove around and really liked Wiley and started looking here and uh, ended up here. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's been, it's been a great decision. Uh, the day we moved in, we realized our kid, our, our oldest Charlie, uh, had like three neighbors that were all the same age, um, as him. And then all of us have all had another kid. So Lily, our youngest is, uh, got, got a built-in crew for her as well. So, um, and we moved from care. We were, we were living in Carrollton, which is, Nothing, no knocks on Carrollton, but just the pocket of Carrollton we were in was a little older and we were mm-hmm. the family with the baby uh, in the neighborhood. Right. Um, and it just made a difference to move to a place that was in the same stage of life as us. And uh, and we got to really get to know our neighbors. And so, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So um, tar- talking of Wiley, um, you've been here for a few years now and uh, you've decided to join in on Leadership Wiley Class 20. Um, What Mm -hmm. made you want to join Leadership Wiley? So a couple of different things, actually. I um, am a firm believer in continuing education, in developing skills, whether that be leadership skills, practical everyday skills for a specific trade, um, And I really think that it opens up an avenue for developing relationships in a very different way, Um, maybe on a different level is a right way to approach that, right? You are in a cohort of people that is working together to... Uh, you know, come together and develop a project and execute that. There's so much to be learned in that process. And to really learn all of the different groups and entities that are involved in, you know, what make a community a community. And um, I attended the Leadership Wiley 19 class uh, what or the luncheon where they were celebrating the graduating class. And I honestly, before that, did not even know that there was a leadership Wiley, um, primarily because, right, I had been in the corporate world and all I did was work and I didn't really have a chance to digest the community in which I was living. Mm-hmm. And when I stepped out of um, the corporate world, And into my full-time real estate business, one of the first things I said was, I got to get plugged in and everywhere that I can be. Uh, That's just my nature innately. Um, And I I know that there is value to be found in right. For me, I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, I'm going to get every bit 
out of something that I put into it. So I'm all in and I admire the people like yourself who are liaisons who bridge that prior class to the new one, the experience that you bring. And I'm really excited to get to know people, one, who I have never met, mm-hmm. uh, quite a few of the classmates, and then some of them who I have met through the chamber or master networks, but who I now get an opportunity to know on a deeper level and develop a friendship much greater than probably what we would or more more quickly <laughs> than we would just you know, roaming around the community and uh, waiting for time to help us build that relationship. Yeah, I know there's like a friendship formula that some social psychologists have come up with about essentially it's like time times intensity. Um, mm-hmm. And and so um, it's great to see all these people in one hour chunks uh, at various networking events and luncheons and stuff. But when you can get into a room with somebody for eight hours and not only that, but you're also doing something together, um, and you kind of have this, uh, forged in the fire, uh, uh, moment in terms of, uh, not only being able to spend time with someone, but you're doing a like activity, um, that helps you give common, get common bonds and be able to, uh, bond beyond just being in the same room for eight hours. Um, mm-hmm. I went last night, went to a Rangers game with two fellow leadership Wiley class 19. Um, oh, fun. Um, and you know, it's just like a year ago, if I had not done leadership Wiley, I probably wouldn't have gone to a Rangers game with those two guys last night. So, um, so it just definitely builds bonds that are beyond, um, uh, which is why I also say that like, if you can find, uh, an organization that you can get plugged in with like and do volunteering. Um, that's a really good way to meet people that are, uh, have similar interests as you because you're volunteering for the same organization that you both clearly, uh, believe in and, uh, you can get plugged in and, and start meeting more friends that are, uh, have, uh, things in common with you. And leadership Wiley is one of those that, you know, you know, that when you meet those people, you both have a heart for understanding what's in your community. And so you already start off on the right foot in terms of having connection uh, to uh, be a part of. Most definitely. So so that we're recording this before your first foray into a Leadership Wiley class. So what are you uh, looking forward to most about uh, our, first, our first meeting on Thursday? I think I'm most excited about meeting everyone and not just, oh, name and face, mm-hmm. um, really just feeling each individual person's energy, knowing what drives them, what are they excited about? What common connections do we already have that we can build on? I think, you know, in addition to that, and this may sound strange, but I think we have the ability to also very quickly identify strengths and weaknesses in those around us in close quarters. Mm -hmm. And part of leadership to me is what can I give you that you need? 
And what can you supplement me with so that together we can work together? Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about learning what drives the other class members, what can I give to them, and what can I get back from them as we dive into this together? Yeah. Leadership to me has always been about how how do we get um, the team as a whole better than the sum of its parts, you know, how do we put the people in the right positions to make them the best they can possibly be so that us as a group function better than if we were all just to try and do it individually. Um, 100%. And I think, I think like you said, when you get into a room and, and you start getting to know people, those sorts of things do come out really quickly. It's just whether you can apply, you know, the, leadership to get people in the right get get the right butt in the right seat uh as they would say in uh, some of the books i've read <laughs> yes um, ooh what yeah. books have you read are we going to get to talk about those sometime oh yeah we can definitely talk about that um let's um i do have on here that you really like continuing education and things like that so i would definitely want to revisit that uh okay but i do want to get to cuz i'm really fascinated with um your career journey, because you had mentioned that you recently full-time went, um, went into your uh, real estate business. But prior to that, you were in the corporate world and just by, uh, uh, doing a little light stalking on your, uh, LinkedIn page, uh, you, you had several stops in various areas of real estate. And I'm just interested, um, just kind of give us the, uh, overview of that whole uh, career journey of how you ended up here as a, as a real estate agent. Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, the the quick and dirty, and it is sort of a uh, a winding road, and one that I really uh, had never imagined that I would take. But I think that's probably true of many people. So I started out uh, at TCU, and in the School of Psychology, I was really uh, driven in the social sciences, particularly psychology and educational psychology. And um, one reason or another, I decided to transfer to a and I, I felt a desire to be in a bigger place where I could sort of get lost and explore things and a uh, very competitive psychology department. And I could not get in. Uh, you had to have a 4.0 or better, and I did not. And so they said, come in as a general liberal arts major, and then we can shake it out eventually. So I did that. And I started taking courses just in education itself, sort of the track of, you know, do I want to go the psychology route or the educational route to be a teacher? I ended up going the route to be a teacher. And I did go on to teach high school English, ESL, and was a department chair and uh, coached many sports. And I loved it. Um, I loved seeing the light bulbs go off uh, in the room when kids just, you know, they illuminate when uh, their brains click with what you're teaching. I got to a point in my career where the bureaucracy over special populations such as 
ESL students, right? Uh, limited English proficient students. There was a big struggle between um, administration and the teachers and the state and what everyone thought was the most appropriate. And I was real on fire to go back to school and get my master's to help develop uh, better methodology and practice for special populations uh, in our education system. So I did that at St. Edwards University in Austin, which is where I was living at the time. And I loved every bit of my master's courses. I learned more than I could even express on the call. But unfortunately, when I graduated, it was when the market had turned and there was a hiring freeze on teachers. And so I couldn't actually go back into the teaching field. Um, I guess that also probably tells everyone a little bit of my age. <laughs> I was in the workforce when, when things went south in the early 2000s. So needless to say, I took a job with a gentleman who was a venture capitalist in the biopharmaceutical industry. And learned a lot about biofarm, but segue into that, he had a lot of real estate, various forms of real estate, um, you know, residential properties, industrial properties, and um, commercial properties, all of which I managed every aspect. And so I really got exposure to real estate um, for the first time. And you know, during that time, things were pretty good, but the market did go even further south. And obviously, when when the market dips, venture capitalists uh, are starved to obtain capital. So I actually sold my house in Austin and moved back to Dallas, where my family is, and took a job with a commercial real estate uh, membership organization where, you know, really in the commercial a real estate space. And I loved it. And it was great. Um, it fed me for what I needed um, at that time. And I somehow segued into working uh, for a commercial mortgage underwriting company. And I guess in between that, I did work for a residential broker in a transaction management role, but ended up more in the corporate uh, real estate space, and I was a commercial mortgage underwriter for primarily multifamily properties. And for anyone who doesn't know what those are, apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. And gained valuable knowledge and experience and was in a very niche uh, piece of real estate that's affordable housing. And it's not necessarily affordable in what some may think is a section eight or lower income. It's actually mm -hmm. affordable in the sense that the financing of the property is complemented by government issued tax credits and municipal bond money. Uh, so very complicated um, and rather boring <laughs> financial transactions. But all through that, I, um, I really always wanted to 
bring education back into my space. I had been an executive assistant for a long time and managed mm -hmm. lots of people. And I really, I starved for something that I was not getting in the corporate environment. And so a few years ago, I thought I should get my real estate license. It would allow me the opportunity to help people learn all of the things about real estate that and boy, there's a lot that, of it. <laughs> there really are. I mean, it's like any profession. It has its own language. It has mm -hmm. its own process, uh, its own acronyms. If you work for, you know, big companies, you might as well have a dictionary of acronyms mm -hmm. um, for that particular field. Um, but I really, I love real estate in the sense that there's always something new there's always something that can be explained and it's a process and a field where you are dealing with people at one of their most vulnerable points, right? Mm -hmm. Buying and selling a house is an emotional process, even if it goes smoothly, mm -hmm. but more often than not, it doesn't just go smoothly. Mm -hmm. And to be able to be alongside people and have a relationship built on trust and integrity and knowledge that I'm going to carry you through this and we're going to go through the whole thing together and then we're going to celebrate in the end, whatever that celebration is, right? Mm -hmm. Um and it allows me to use the teacher part of my brain, the emotional part of myself in wanting to see happiness in others. It's a way to give back even, I guess I really hadn't thought about that, but you are giving back. You're mm -hmm. giving of your time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and really my thought was, okay, I'll get my license and then when I'm comfortable with a certain amount of money saved up, I can just shift out of the corporate environment and, and, you know, build my business. Well, God's timing is, is not our timing. And in February of this year, uh, my company went through a round of layoffs mm -hmm. and I was reduced in force. And um, while I was completely shocked I got off, I'll save that story for another time. It's sort of funny. Um, just when you, you know, things that happen unexpectedly, you either laugh or cry or both. And then you just, you either fall apart or move on or any right. myriad of those things. But when it happened, I got off the Zoom call and I walked into my husband's office and I said, I think you're going to need to stay in your seat. I said, I've just been laid off. And he said, let's go start your business. Did not blink an eye, did not take a deep breath, did not skip a beat. It was like, okay, then now is time. And it was remarkable in that moment of, I mean, it was still a moment of despair um, and right. unexpected fear, but to know that there was a solution right there. And this is sort of what we had planned for just a little bit sooner, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it's, 
So that's sort of in a nutshell, the journey to where we are, although that was a rather large nutshell. Um, no, I think it's interesting because I think, um, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff and it's easy to look at somebody and say, oh, well, they've been doing this forever. And I, I find it interesting the people who have kind of have, you know, tried a bunch of different things and, you know, eventually found where they wanted to be. Um, and um, like, you know, when I talking to Wendy last time, you know, she was a teacher or she worked for a nonprofit, then became a teacher and then started working for a nonprofit again in the education space. And I just find that mm -hmm. journey of like, you started out as a teacher and then you uh, couldn't teach anymore due to, you know, circumstances out of your own control, really. Mm -hmm. um, and then ended up happened to work for a guy who had real estate. And then that, you know, you found a way to merge real estate and teaching together uh, in into being a, a real estate agent. And I just I find those journeys interesting. So, I mean, I the it being not a big, a, a very large nutshell is completely fine with me. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. And it's, it's fascinating to me, the more stories, podcasts that I, you know, when I did lose my job, I think one of the things that um, I resort back to in moments of kind of catharsis or needing to fill my cup I pour into podcasts and things where I can just absorb other people's goodness and be uplifted and so many stories particularly I wouldn't say stories so many lives paths went in numerous directions during the pandemic and thereafter all totally outside of our control and people have landed in places that they may have never expected but serendipitously are the most miraculous place they could be and i feel like that that's a beautiful silver lining mm -hmm. you know sure. um and and there are so many more people than i realized whose paths have kind of been a winding road Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, no one sits you down in third grade and says, you're going to go do this the rest of your life. And it works out that way. Right. Um, at least <laughs> not that I'm totally aware of even people that I know that are doctors today. Um, you know, they didn't necessarily know they were going to be a doctor. Um, even though I feel like that's one of those professions people say at a young age, you just know, but I digress. Some do, some don't. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's good to get everybody's uh, uh, story out there because uh, one of what, like you said, um, the you know sometimes things happen and you, it's out of your control and you don't uh, and you kind of have to make the decision of is this a good thing or a bad thing because uh, I think it's easy to it's definitely easier to be like well this is just the worst thing to ever happen to me and kind of shut down. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is Albert Einstein said, the most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or a hostile universe. Um, and mm. just the, I can either take this as a good thing and that's not where I was supposed to be. And, you know, something, another door is going to open for me, or this is the worst thing in the world, shut down and can't, can't rebound. Um, Definitely. And, 
And I think, I think you building up the business on the side, I, I also biz- built my business up on the side before going full time into it. Um, and it definitely gave me some confidence going into business is like, okay, well, I've done this at a smaller scale. I can, I can do this. If I, if I apply more time to it now, I can do it, you know, bigger and better, um, so to speak. And, uh, really try and continue growing and continue getting better and making things, you know, iterations. I mean, you can only get to level two if you get through level one first. So you have to start. Right. It makes that leveling up a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. So now that you are, have been full time, that's, it's been about, you said February. So it's been about six months. Yeah, I did take about a month off. Um, my mm. grandmother, bless her, who has now passed in mm. in May. She was 101. Wow. And uh, yeah, the, my my uh, maternal side on my dad's side of the family, actually, so paternal grandmother. Uh, they they all lived a very long time. Both of my great grandmothers were in their late 90s. And really blessed to have a relationship with them their entire, my entire life while they were here. Um, And so when I lost my job, the first thing I did was drive to Houston and spend some time with my grandmother there and her kind of final, what I would say really awake uh, moments. Um, and just relished in that time and then really allowed myself uh, to go through, again, may seem strange to some people, but a grieving process. Uh, The more I listened to, you know, podcasts and other, I mean, I spoke to the pastor at my church and you know, really tapped into all of my support network and the resounding commonality of one should go through a period of just, um, I'm going to say cleansing, but maybe that's it, right? Allow yourself to just digest Mm -hmm. uh, the feelings and, and to just allow yourself to breathe. Um, you know, some days I would say, oh, I'm totally fine. I can build this business. And other days, it's like, what in the world am I doing? This is, <laughs> I do not know how to do this. But everyone around me was so supportive. Mm. And um, so I did. I took a little bit of time and then I just dove right in. And I took a few more continuing education classes and read several books. And, um, you know, June 1 was kind of my uh, what I would say my launch date. So officially a few months, Okay. uh, but, but it's been good. I mean, like anything, it's scary. It's a lot of work, but you know, what in life is ever easier doesn't take time to polish. So for sure. What's, uh, over, over the past three months or so, what's the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Oh, wow. biggest lesson you know 
I don't know if it's the biggest lesson, but maybe the biggest message that I've received from, Mm -hmm. we'll just say the universe altogether. How much I've taken for granted. Um, And that's, that's actually hard to say. We do not realize how fortunate we are in so many ways. And the outpouring of support and love and, you know, check-ins and high fives and inspiration from everyone around me has been magnificent. Um, and, and I feel like those are the same people who have been cheering me on my whole life. I just didn't see it. Um, maybe I saw it more because I was in a place of a little bit more fear, but I think the biggest thing that I've learned is that, um, you know, I, I cannot take a day for granted. There are so many blessings and there is so much to be grateful for, um, that you just own every moment of it right? Know the goodness in everything around you and, and, and be the one to spread that to somebody else. Um, I don't know if that directly answers the question, but I think think it was a great answer. Thank you. I, I, I do. I think I realized I took a lot more for granted than I, than I realized and, and not because you want to, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think, again, there are moments in time where things sort of stand still or you have this huge pivot and you you shift how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. And that opens you up to see how other people see you. Mm -hmm. And that lens is often a very different lens. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do not see ourselves for who we are sometimes. Um, Other people see it. We don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And and those people love us and support us. And um, yeah. So has that realization of taking things for granted, has that changed um, daily routine or um, have you added anything into your life to uh, make sure you see that gratitude more often. I think something that I have noticed and maybe not as a planned, uh, change in behavior, but I definitely try to take more time to be fully present in every conversation that I'm having. Mm Mm-hmm. I think for a long time, I always thought, oh, I can multitask and I can be reading an email or responding to something while you're talking to me. And mm-hmm. and it's okay if we're, you know, I've always been big, like at the dinner table, everybody put your phones away. Um, but not everyone else ascribes to that. Well, I've sort of taken that mentality and I try to have it all the time. Yeah. And the fruit of that change 
is the deeper relationships that I am forming and sooner. Um, you know, those face-to-face -face meetings with clients and friends are on a level that they've never been before. Mm -hmm. And it's about being present and being intentional and just seeing each person for who they are right there and not letting something else interrupt that moment. Yeah. I know selfishly part of the reason I wanted to do this podcast project is I think um, these conversations, I know this is only my second one, but I think you just get to a level of deepness for lack of a better term. And uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, having a conversation and I just like how engaged you kind of have to be in the, in a podcast setting um, and intentional and present um, and you just get to the real stuff. It's not, Oh, how's the weather outside? And you know, that place, that stuff definitely has a place, but, um, I just like having these sorts of conversations and like you said, being present, um, and be setting up a, a way to have those com types of conversations in which you have to be present. Um, cause it's so easy to be distracted nowadays. <laughs> There's so many things pulling on you at all times, um, through your phone, through whatever else, just a, it's a loud world out there and to be present. It's, um, something I definitely try and work on as well. It's always a work in progress. Yes. Yes. Um, so is there any, uh, since starting your business, has there any been anything that's been, uh, harder than you anticipated? I don't know that there's any one thing that's harder than what I anticipated. I think I anticipated that it would just be hard. Yeah. And, and that has proven to be true uh, yeah. over and over. Uh -huh. And, you know, it's sort of that. Okay. I know every day I'm going to be met with a challenge. It's just going to be a different challenge each day, but it's how I set myself up to approach it. Mm -hmm. And I can meet it head on with, we're going to get this, we're going to do it. Or I can say, hmm, maybe I'll just push this to tomorrow, do what I can do today so that tomorrow I can deal with the bigger challenge with a fresh mind, which, you know, when you're in a corporate grind or somewhere where you just have to keep churning and burning, mm -hmm. you don't really, or at least for me, I didn't ever really feel like I could take the time to truly say, okay, here's my priority list. And then to reshuffle it based on what I really thought was a priority. I had to reshuffle priority based on someone else's timeline or understanding of that priority. Mm -hmm. And so one of the beautiful things is, right, I can reprioritize and those challenges that seem immensely greater I can actually digest better because I can allow myself the time to look at them with fresh eyes or revisit them, you know, more than once on my time schedule and knowing, you know, what does my client need? What does 
the other side of the transaction need? What do I need to continue to do my job better? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think overall, it's all just challenging. Mm-hmm. But but knowing that I get to make decisions that are logical for the progression of the growth of my business is is amazing. Um, I think, you know, as things go on and we endure this market um, that is definitely going to slow down nationally, mm-hmm. I think that there will be other challenges, right? How do you mm-hmm. keep the momentum? How do you, well, maybe that might, maybe my biggest challenge, I should say now that is, is really social media, no doubt. Um, when I first got into real estate, social media didn't really exist, right? It was all print media. Mm -hmm. And, and I have watched a lot of friends in the real estate space, some who have really embraced social media, others who have not, some whose business has really taken off and others who have stepped out of it altogether. And this social media force is it is a beast to me because at the core of who I am, I don't actually think social media is a construct that I stand behind. Yet it is something that with proven proven mathematical equations, does have exponentially greater results. Right. So this dichotomy of I don't like you and I don't believe in you, social media, but oh, the bane of my existence without you, I cannot grow in the way that I need to grow my Mm -hmm. business. Uh, That is the biggest challenge. Sorry, it took me a minute to actually get to that, but that's my biggest challenge. For sure. And it's not a challenge in doing it. It's a challenge in the struggle of what I truly believe in and do not believe in. It's a battle between uh, efficiency and your values, essentially. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm I am 100% in your in the same boat in terms of social media. I actually I still have profiles for various reasons like there's certain clubs I'm in that only have a Facebook page or something. Um mm-hmm. but I don't look at news feeds anymore. I don't sign on to look at it uh without a very specific purpose like going to see if that club's having a meetup or something. Um and I noticed for me um, it definitely, uh, my mood overall went up, um, and mm-hmm. it, um, luckily for me, uh, not a lot of people are choosing their accountant off of their Facebook posts. Um, I'm sure That's there are probably some, a true statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are some, and I'm sure if I did the right social media marketing in the right spot, like LinkedIn or something like that, that I could get results. Um, but for me personally, where I'm at in my business, um, I found that the negatives of 
interacting with social media outweighed the positives of potential business for me. Now that, you know, like I said, it's easier for me to say that coming from an accounting standpoint and, um, most, a lot of accountants get their businesses, business off of referrals rather than, um, social media, um, which it's, you know, getting referral business is common in real estate too. But when you're first getting started out, you got to get people to, that would give referrals. So, um, so I, 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 I come to you with no answers, but instead to say, I agree. (laughs) Oh, good. I mean, I say good. I'm glad to know that I am not the only one that struggles with this polarity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, it is interesting. You bring up a good point about referral business. So in the few years that I was transacting as a part-time agent, they were all direct clients. All of my business since I have been a full-time agent is all referrals from people who don't even have social media accounts. Mm -hmm. They are from previous, you know, corporate relationships or families of people that I've worked with in other sectors and many of whom are even out of state. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of even in a way also is like a, well, do you really need social media? Because your business right now is all people who don't even have a Facebook or Instagram account, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's, and that's the other thing. How do you, how do you pull an audience? Um, you know, you would go to social media to pull a pull an audience, but then there are so many people that aren't on the platforms and it is hard to know how much organic business in real estate is done without the utilization of a social media platform. For sure. It will be a struggle. I'm sure that I have for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I mean, it is what it is. And right, I have I have the choice of whether or not to go full bore in social media mm-hmm. or just go, you know, a half pike, if you will. Yeah. Right. And and organically grow my business out in the community doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So it'll there'll it'll be a journey. There'll be some stories along the way. It would be interesting to revisit this topic five years from now. I think I will, I will have a very different response. Yeah. I like to think of it more as a tool in the tool belt rather than the end all be all that uh, Mm -hmm. it's played up to be. I think it is a powerful tool that can be used, but I also think that if you're not going to go all the way in and do it a hundred percent, that it's, almost better to just not do anything at all in that area. Um, right. Yeah. I could go on and on about social media personally. <laughs> um, well, then we need to sit down and have coffee. We could, yes. we could talk shop all day yes, long about this. <laughs> for sure. Um, so on the opposite end of what's been harder, has there any, has there been something that um, has proven to be easier than you expected that you, uh, maybe had some trepidations going into and it ended up being not so big a deal? Um, no. 
I don't think that there was much that I was really afraid of. I I mean, I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that there would be challenges in starting a business. But as far as the the real estate aspect itself, I've been in the real estate space so long um, and in various different capacities that I really didn't have any fears. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not from the point of my doing business. Um, trying to think and without saying, um, again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I think something that, that has struck me as interesting that has evoked a little bit of fear here and there is when I am doing transactions with people who I have watched be very successful for a long time and they are on the other end of my transaction and questioning their questioning of my capability up against their knowledge and experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has definitely been a fearful, fearful point, but I wouldn't say there was really anything beyond that, that, that I was really fearful of when I started, I knew, I knew full well what I was getting myself into. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, I definitely don't want to skip over the continuing education books, podcasts, um, so, um, when did, when did that start? Uh, was there like a catalyst moment that, uh, led that to be important to you? And are there some voices that you would recommend? Oh, well, well phrased. I would say I, all of my life, I have been a strong proponent of continuing education. And you used a phrase that I love and use and that is putting tools in your tool belt uh we can never have enough little tools and those tools change with different seasons different you know experiences and i do love to read i have certainly uh started listening to more podcasts although they are it's interesting what i read in paper form is certainly not what I get in the podcast form, uh, which is great because sometimes I want books to escape and I want podcasts to dig in uh, on a, on a level that's sort of a, maybe self-help would be a good uh, phrase to put there, but there have definitely been shifting moments in my life where I have read more or dug into podcasts more, you know, when I was reduced in force from my job, uh, when I left my teaching career, uh, any myriad of things throughout life. But I've always, always poured over self-help, emotional intelligence, um, you know, big C.S. Lewis reader. So a lot of, um, theological readings and in the podcast realm it's more I mean people can laugh all they want I love Dr. Phil 
a big proponent of cognitive behavioral therapy. I think he speaks a lot of truth and it is founded on sound research and proven methodologies. Mm -hmm. So in the podcast space, Dr. Phil, I love a lot of true crime if I really want something to escape with Mm -hmm. and and a myriad of real estate and or financial investing. Well, I'll just say, I won't even say investing, financial podcasts, you know, multiple streams of income, wealth building, um, rich dad, poor dad, any of that bigger pockets. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I soak it all in. Aside from that, I would say they're they're really during the pandemic. I probably explored the podcast space much more than I had previously, mm-hmm. and well, I guess the same could be true of my reading habits. I don't even know how many paper in hand books I read during the pandemic, but it's it's a substantial number, and they were all. Simon Sinek and mm-hmm. uh, Wooden on leadership, a lot of Brene Brown, mm-hmm. Adam Grant. I don't know. It's a myriad of um, books, and and that's in my older life. That is what feeds me. Um, in my younger life, it was a lot of. I'll bore everyone. I took Latin for a very long time and I read a lot of the classics in Latin uh, and and I have a love for Russian literature. So kind of random, but. I like it. Yeah. I think uh, it's a C.S. Lewis quote, but it's something like friendships formed whenever you, um, whenever you have the moment of, oh, really? You too? I thought I was the only one. Yes. Things like that are, uh, you know, I, I love that you love Russian literature. I don't know anything about Russian literature, but there are people that do. And I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, often very sad, very, um, seems very cold to me. (laughs) Yes. But in a strange way, I think, it makes perfect sense that I would want to read it as it is true explication of the human condition as we are, um, or at least in the literature that I read, you can plainly see the human condition mm-hmm. and, um, you know, social psychology, psychology, all of that realm that I really wanted to study and sadly was only one course away from having a second degree mm-hmm. uh, in psychology. But I, I love psychology and I love understanding what drives people um, coupled with the theological side of Right, whether you're a believer or if you, whatever your uh, spiritual belief is, mm-hmm. right? There are so many theologies, mm-hmm. and 
the human condition is explained almost exactly the same in all of those theologies. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway. Yeah, I think we're all probably a little right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the re- yeah. Uh, I think it's funny that you mentioned three of the people you mentioned, Adam Grant, Simon Sinek, and Brene Brown. Uh, I listened to Adam Grant's podcast, uh, Rethinking, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he had an episode with Simon Sinek and Brene Brown because apparently the three of them are buddies. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Apparently they uh, switch off going on each other's podcasts <laughs> every okay, once in a while. You know what's really funny? I don't listen to any of their podcasts. Well, I just have read their books. So I'm adding this to my podcast yeah. uh, list. Adam Adam Grant uh, wrote probably, well, it was my uh, my favorite book of 2022 in terms of the ones I read, which was Rethinking. Um, mm-hmm. I think everybody could uh, use to read that book. And uh, essentially the premise for those who haven't read it is that um, we probably don't know as much as we think we do and that we should come to life with curiosity uh, rather than a hard... Uh, hard uh, idea that we know everything and uh even and to really question like how did we come to know those things and have we actually mm-hmm. do we actually know those things or did we hear it from somebody and just took it as correct um and i think in a world uh where there's a lot of differing opinions um and different facts being and facts being somewhat uh fungible um yes that uh having a critical eye in terms of critical thinking and um coming to your own conclusions is a really important uh skill to have and just it made me rethink about things a lot and i think that was a that was my favorite book of 2022 for sure I love that. Um, I love that it's right. The whole idea of critical thinking, which I feel like as a whole, the older you get, nobody talks about, everybody talks about leadership and diversity, but the whole idea of critical thinking and problem solving Mm -hmm. seem to have kind of fallen lower in the realm of these school school skills that should be in your tool belt like mm-hmm. critical thinking is probably at the top of my list of things that i probably don't spend enough time um, evaluating and yet one of my favorite words is metacognition right it's thinking about how you think mm-hmm. um we should spend more time doing that <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I should. I can't speak for anybody else, but but it's interesting. Um, and I, you know, I can see where Adam Grant and Brene Brown and Simon Sinek would all be connected. Um, I read all of Simon's books during the pandemic and did, uh, for anyone who is unfamiliar with Simon Sinek, um, he wrote the series starting with, you know, finding your why, starting with why, the infinite game. And um, did he write on leadership or leaders Uh, eat last? Leaders eat last, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and if, if people haven't had a chance to read his books, if you just start with your why, it's a great experience. It's a quick read. Mm -hmm. And by the end of it, I was like, Ooh, I cannot, I couldn't get enough of it. It was really Mm -hmm. feeding me. And, and I actually, the why that I wrote is a tagline that I use often um, as I was trying to develop what's, what's my tagline for being a realtor. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really, I mean, my, we'll just say this. I've developed that, you know, building, building relationships one home at a time mm-hmm. is what I use in my real estate business. Mm-hmm. But my why as a person that I, I mean, it went through 50 iterations, but to lead so that others succeed, right? It's, it's not just about me and who I am and what I'm doing. It's about the collective, everybody doing their part so that we all get to be our best self. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do not know that I would have conceptually gotten to that phrase or understanding had I not gone through and read his books. And they're not complicated. It's very simple reading but it 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 invites you to look at yourself and think about what drives you Mm -hmm. so that you can go out and share your best self with everybody else and affect their change it's amazing um anyway I digress yeah. again. <laughs> I no, I've been I was looking for I have a I have my core values uh as well and a joy, connection, order and growth are my four core values. So Beautiful. I've uh, read a lot of the same books as you, I'm sure, and uh I don't have a I've ha- I've I've experimented with statements. I've never gotten one that I felt was sticky and uh felt uh, really captured everything. Um but mm-hmm. I'll, I may need to give it another go and see how, see if I uh, can come up with something again. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, what is something, uh, so I've got, I've got a few more questions. Uh, what is okay. something about you that people are surprised to find out? That when I was in high school, I really wanted to be an FBI agent. Really? Yeah. What, uh, what, so I guess that would be why did that stop in high school? Um, it did. Okay. I, uh, I really, really wanted to go through the FBI Academy and, um, and be an agent and interviewed a lot of people. I knew other people that had gone through the Academy And I'm not really sure what in me created that desire, but I was very passionate about it. And what effectively changed my mind is that, right, you, most agents do have to sever relationship with all known family, everything. I mean, you, you are living a different 
life and separate from that which you uh, are born into. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm one of four adopted kids. And of all four of us kids, I was probably the one that struggled with abandonment um, innately. It's just something that a lot of adopted kids, uh, I think, experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as I was thinking about this, I did consult with psychologists and they did encourage me not to proceed even with, you know, if I wanted to, and I could try to separate from family. Uh, They did not advise that it would be a healthy thing for someone who had had a separation experience at the age of two weeks that even though it didn't seem to manifest deeply mm-hmm. uh, that things like that can trigger or be re-triggered um, and that it just wouldn't be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it's interesting that part of the reason that you didn't want to go into the FBI was due to not wanting to fracture the existing relationships and that you're, tagline for real estate now is building relationships starts with building relationships um i think i think that's a good example of realizing that uh, a role didn't fit with your core values and and what you found important and whether you realized it or not until until someone said hey don't do that that you're not going to like that it's not in alignment with what who you are or who you want to be um but yeah that's that's an uh, very that interesting interesting uh correlation there yes um, something i am totally ripping off from another podcast but i really liked it is uh i will be getting uh questions from the previous guests to ask uh the next guests and you don't know they don't know who they're asking this to they just ask it to the ether and then i bring it to you um so Ooh. after this i will ask a question i will ask you to give me a question to ask the next person um, but the question okay. they left is, what is your greatest accomplishment? You know, there are two and they go together. If I can say two, go for it. So my first greatest accomplishment was learning to read. So I struggled with learning disabilities as a young child and had a very challenging educational experience until I went to a school that specialized in methodologies for children with learning differences. And when I learned to read and write in third grade, it was like the greatest there's no word to describe the joy, right? And it was accomplishment, not that I did on my own, but by the powers that be, right? Mm -hmm. Of all of that educational struggle, that learning to read, the struggle made me who I am. The learning to read, I have carried with me all of my life. And the greatest accomplishment that it allowed me was to continue to go on and 
and obtain multiple degrees in fields that were just reinstating how amazing it is that I learned to read. It's, it may not seem like a big accomplishment, right? So many people just reading and writing is something they get to do. It's, it was, it was a defining moment for me for the rest of my life in a lot of ways a podcast for another time no i mean that's fascinating again uh you took a struggle in your life and turned it into not only a something you enjoy but a strength um you became an english teacher you uh you enjoy reading things in latin and russian literature and you you know, and that became one of your big hobbies. Um, uh, it's kind of like, uh, how Batman took his, uh, fear of bats and turned it in into good. It, <laughs> you're, you're the Batman of reading basically is what, what you're selling, telling me. Yeah. Except my costume is just glasses where I don't get a Batmobile <laughs> or a cape or a homing beacon with a sign in the sky. All in no. due time. Yeah. All in due time. All in due time. You'll, you'll yeah. have a you'll have a secret elevator in your house that goes down to your library with all of your Latin, oh, yes. Latin classics and and uh, and and Russian literature. Yes, C.S. Lewis. All yeah. day long. It'll be great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so the I'm down to the last, the final four rapid fire. Um, okay. So the first one is. Uh, We'll, we'll do reading. Uh, what have you been reading lately? <laughs> Ironically, um, Rethinking Everything You Know About Social Media it, by Kyle Draper, who actually is in the real estate space, but was a preacher. Um, when I first lost my job, I got in the car. I was driving to Houston to see my grandmother. I turned on a podcast and he was the first one that popped up. And he just, I don't know, he made social media sound so easy, but it's not. Um, and he's real on fire about trying to help people just get over this fear of social media. Right. So that's what I'm currently reading. Cool. Um, what would your, what would be your advice to someone who, uh, had a un, uh, a uh, career transition that was not necessarily planned. Give yourself grace. Um, what can I or someone else do to help you right now? Show up and be your authentic self. Share share your authentic self with me. And then the last one's real softball. Where can people find out more about you? Well, you can go to Facebook. <laughs> you can go to Instagram. You can go to LinkedIn. Or call me and let's go have coffee. All right. And then they would find your number. Do you have a, uh, a website or something um, that they could go to? Um, I do have a website. It is 
very, uh, we'll just say static real estate, I would say the better place to find me and about me is my real estate um, business Facebook page or just my individual Facebook page. So Kate Porter Buxton. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, that's all I had. Thank, thank you so much for the conversation today. I really, I really enjoyed it. I feel like we hit a wide range of things and uh, all of it was very (laughs) fascinating. And uh, honestly, we could probably talk for several more hours, but uh, we'll keep keep it to a a clean, uh, I guess we've been going for about an hour and 15 minutes. So uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure continue our discussions through Leadership Wiley. Yes. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. A nice break in the day. And I'm really excited to be a part of this class and to get to know you better and all the classmates. Mm -hmm. I really, this, this is my jam. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited to do this. So thank you for this. It was wonderful. We'll meet in person on in two days. Yes. I'll see you in two days. All right. See you then. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Steven. Bye.